This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Today's Bad Christian Podcast is sponsored by Ring. Stop burglaries before they start with the use of Ring Video Doorbell. See and speak to anyone approaching your door with the use of your smartphone. Head over to ring.com slash badchristian right now to save $50 off the Ring of Security Kit. That's ring.com forward slash badchristian. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. A three, two, one, hit it. Very good. It's the Bad Christian Podcast. Bad Christian Podcast. <laughs> Good job, Billy. Welcome to the Bad Christian Podcast. Now, this one's interesting because this one marks officially the last time that Toby and Joey record in the room together. Am I right? Well, not the last time ever, but the last time with Toby being in Charleston as he's going back to Nashville when tomorrow. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Welcome to the Bad Christian Podcast. This is an interesting one because it marks the last time Toby and Joey recording together in that the is same true. room in Charleston. That is so true. Yeah. So when are you going back to Nashville? Tomorrow? Yep. Tomorrow morning. It's so, interesting, too, because we're in the room that we did a lot of pot, early podcasts pot? in this room. Pot. Did a lot of pot in, in that room? In this room, we did a lot of early podcasts. Yeah, this was our, our go-to room. It's funny that the last time we do the podcast together is in this room because this is where we did the very first one with Matt McDonald. Yeah. You remember Was that? it really? Yeah. 100%. Wow. I don't that many that. years ago. Yeah. Years ago. Yeah, That's years crazy. Ago. Couple I remember sitting right here. A few million so downloads. Trying to figure it out. And you and I have lost a few parents. I mean, uh, you have definitely taken a huge step down in your mental capacity right. to do basic things that mm-hmm. humans can do. Yeah, I can't even wipe. Right. It's, just, it's gotten really bad. <laughs> well, the, for me, you but. know, if you think about it, if you want to go for full circle on it, and if think you about think it, about it, then I think it is pretty interesting to to think about you, the the journey, if you will. Like I was thinking about it when we were, I was helping Joey with Pastor with No Answers last week, and I was thinking how this guy's really not that bad at podcasting. I know I come across that way, and I say that. So I wanted I told Joey it, but I want to tell the audience it too, Joey actually pretty dang entertaining and pretty good especially sometimes i believe on his show on the pastor with no answers a couple weeks ago when you had dan and scott from zayo on your intro monologue when you started talking first i thought was vulnerable and articulate and i liked it and i told you i was jealous to not have that content here on the show not actually jealous but i thought it was really good i was like you know what that guy's pretty good matt i appreciate you saying that and i didn't have food in your mouth it was awesome i do receive compliments well they are helpful i'm a words of affirmation kind of guy but unfortunately you have made yourself out to be such a manipulator i just don't know where to go with these sorts of compliments and here's why matt carter has said many times now you're making matt mad yeah now you just making based on that idiotic comment and the way you're laying down right now i rescind and completely laying, negate everything i just no, said no, you're no, more here's the weird thing too he's laying down but the couch isn't it's just enough too, uh, he actually has a chair that he's pulled aside no, that his and, feet are no, on. and all jo- and all and all joking <laughs> all seriousness if i sit straight up this does not have enough slack to it so oh, i feel like oh I, it's a technical difficulty oh that's why you've been doing it all these years all these years you've been slouching and lounging because of te- matt I could shoot myself. I can't believe it. <laughs> it's going to be weird viewing you lounging 
through the computer screen though. Like, yeah. I'm so used to it now. Like it's, it's, you know, it's like one of those things where it's like really terrible and you hate it always, but you kind of going to miss it. Well, Matt thinks I do, do such a good job on my intro and, and pastor with no, answers. no, Matt. One Matt, time I, would, I said that. Not, Matt, not always. My There's God. a lot Matt, of terrible moments Matt, on that show. Matt, that one time though, I was I was prostrate on the ground. Um, I was laying down completely, and so I nailed it, dude. I I need to just get as far to the ground as I possibly can. You need can, to be right? in, in some kind of the sensory deprivation. I actually think chamber. the Lord smote you by not making you paraplegic. Like, if you were paraplegic, yeah, you would I love it. You would, you would, you, it you, <laughs> no one could love it more than you. I mean, just not moving, in a, like in a chair, moved back or forth to the right angle. Oh, my God. I mean, it, my <laughs> Lord, would you love it. I mean, don't you think it would be your dream? Like, nobody would like that more than you. It's kind of crazy. Well, yeah. But but what I'm saying is, if, if it's been, you know, it's it's been an interesting thing to go through this process of figuring out how to podcast, how to communicate, what we're doing, do all that stuff. And now Toby's moving, and we're moving to yet another chapter. So we'll be in yeah. different locations. And I think we're going to do like we've been talking about. Hopefully we can still improve and go further into stuff like video and maybe even doing the show more in real time or live. So we've been talking about the show and how we'll do it differently. So no concrete solutions there. But again, our audience has been unbelievably uh, flexible and supportive in the BC club. So we're going to do this ch- next chapter. will after this episode or in the next few weeks, we're going to redesign it once again and figure out exactly what would be the best way to do it. If we're going to, what we can improve, what we can do redesign video for it. and all that stuff. Redesign so it. I don't uh, know uh, what hey. the new plan will be, but we will come up with one. I'm well, super excited about the future. Really? Yeah, like, I am too. The future is, is bright. It is. Brighter. I mean, for Matt and I, <laughs> hey, I here here's a a tough a tough thing that I've had to grapple with. All okay. Right, so those of you, if you've never had your own kids, you've had a niece or nephew or something like that. Most of you, okay. Right. So I remember visiting my brother when he had a second daughter, and it hitting me. Okay, I'm only going to be here for a weekend. This is the only time I get to experience newborn Caroline. Like when I. Next time I see her, it'll be three months later. She'll be a completely different person. And that's pretty much standard from about year one all the way to 15. There's just so much changing. Toby and his wife, Jessica, I've I've known Jessica now since 02. I've known Toby since 97. Our relationship is established. It's in place. It's going to exist states away. It'll look a little different, but our friendships are there. Toby's kids, it does pain me a little bit because from now on to the Spencer kids, the Morels are that family that we're friends with, but they don't live right. here anymore. It's that other family that lives right. far away now. And it's why we did it. And Go ahead. <laughs> same and and the same thing uh for the Morel kids. It's like, oh yeah, that family that we used to hang out with. So it's like yeah. if you guys ever take a tip trip to Charleston, your kids will be like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I think I remember those people. Matt, Waylon is actually in the last week or so, Waylon will go up to people and say, my friend Ike moved. Yeah. Like that's that's his story. My name is Waylon and my friend just moved. And so I am having a hard time with that because uh, the Morel kids are, they definitely fall in like my top 10 favorite kids. I really like, I, well, I they occupy hard. three out of the top 10 spots of kids. I, yeah, I would say That's it's safe to good. say, yeah, for sure. Um, and, and this, 
this this ties into a conversation that the three of us had along with Dave and Devin, just how joyful having kids is, but how painfully grueling it is to think of the future. Guys, I'm there with Rosa, in my opinion. Like, she is turning 10 this summer. In two, like, good God, a decade old. Right. When we go to playgrounds, she is at that age to where she's still unaware. She, you know, does her gymnastics in front of people. She's got her silly smile. I think we have less than a year of that left. I've been I mean, saying she is well. quickly. Yeah. yeah. She's quickly yeah. approaching the age to where she's just like, this sucks. I hate this playground. Right. Why didn't you let me bring my daggum phone sort of thing? And, um, so someone said something along the lines of just how when when parents think about their kids. So when Matt's parents think about Matt, they're just like, oh, we love this kid. He is like the most important thing in this world to us. When Matt thinks about his parents, he's just like, oh, yeah, mom and dad. I some love pe- them. Some people I know and like. Right. I right. mean, they're, they're great individuals. <laughs> they did the best job. I that know, they could. like and respect them very much. When's the exactly. last time I talked to him? I, I don't know. I had to really think about that. Exactly. (laughs) And just how depressing it is that our kids will soon be at an age to Mm -hmm. where we're just people in their lives. And so that conversation was very sad. And you guys went upstairs and I turned to Let me make sure that people understand that really well. What I'm saying is your parents' relationship to you is not, your kid to parent relationship is not really two-way. They're not the same each direction. So you and me and Georgia are really close right now. That doesn't change for me, and it does change for her in a way. Like uh, she doesn't know anybody else. She's going to eventually just be a person, and I'm going to be a person that's related to her. Right. But the way that I feel about her started from my adult state when she was in my care, and that's all one-way stuff that she didn't experience about me. So it will be much easier for her to just move on and have me be a person in her life, and she may move to the other side of the country and start a band and call me once every month or two like I do my parents. Right. And I, right. that sounds to me very, very sad and also very, very likely. Whereas, right. you know, so to me, that is well, a depressing thought. Right. Here's what I told Devin. I, I, I had one thought and then it immediately went to a second thought. And I don't think it's as doom and gloom as we're making it out to be. First of all, I do hear peers of mine express about their parents as dad's my best friend. I mean, we do everything. Now, I know not everybody has that sort of relationship, but they do exist when kids reflect on their parents as an adult kid. They're like, no, these these are like two of the most important people in my in my life. Take that a step for, for, uh, further, and I think that we are raising our kids differently than what our parents raised us as, which is even two steps removed from how our grandparents raised our kids. So, so let me let me say this: my grandpa affected my father negatively. Like my dad, uh, you you could say uh, pain can make you stronger. But as far as how my grandfather related to my dad, my dad is not as good as a person as he could have been. Whereas I think a lot of times we look at our parents and say, oh, if they would have done better, maybe we would have been better off, but they didn't damage me. My grandpa damaged my, my dad. So here my dad had his father who did a really crappy job. My dad did a great job when it comes to him reflecting on his dad. Like, in other words, he didn't have a great example. 
My dad did a great job. But you're job. like fully in there with your kids in a, in a intimate believe, way or something. And yes, you think that's going to come out different generation. I believe that I'm relating to my kids. And we are, in other words, I told Devin, I said, what we just reflected on as far as it being sad that we're going to lose touch with our kids, it, it, like we won't have what we have now. I said, I bet you our parents didn't have those conversations. Because it just wasn't one of those things that you thought about as a parent. You're saying, I'm putting food on the table. We're doing the best job that we can. We're getting our ki- the kids to school. We're sending them to the youth group and all that stuff. So whatever happens, happens now. This is our life. Right. And then time went by too quickly. And they look back and they're like, oh, my gosh, we missed out. I think our generation, we're taking serious what our parents are saying when they say, slow down relish the moments they're going to be out of the house before we know it. So I think our kids are going to have a bigger place in their hearts for us than we do. But the only thing I would say too, though, is that the world is just getting more mobile. It's not getting less mobile. So our, our kids, like we moved away, like I moved away. You, you, you even went, moved away, went to college and stuff. And I mean, you happen to be back in the hometown with your family, but Matt ain't. Yeah, I'm the not. chances of Devin, you living Devin's in the same not, city you know of I mean? your like, children is less than it's ever been. I mean, it's least. getting crazier and crazier to where most likely, I would say, it might even be more than 50% now that your most of your kids won't live in the same town as you. I mean, it's just crazy that that's You know, the that's case, another good argument for, for, I don't know. I'm not sure. I think there's a lot of factors at play here, but really... You know, some people would say the way that we're raising our kids will have a lot of bad effects that we don't know yet. And people like to complain about what that is and, you know, over parenting and millennial parenting and all that stuff. And I guess we really you really just don't know. But the more I think about it and see stuff, I had a thought about. I, I, you know, I know people resist the term millennial or hearing about it because it just I don't know, it just seems dumb. But it's a it's really a big deal. It might be the biggest deal ever uh generationally i think if you talk about generations i think x and y kind of don't matter too much the baby boomers will be seen as the old generation when you zoom ahead far enough and then the millennials will be seen as the new i think that when you get far enough out that'll be the biggest divide generationally almost ever i think we're facing that and the difference is millennials people who are maybe 30 now or, or younger the whole time they've been alive almost the internet has been there and available and part of their life. So it's going to be a really, really big difference. And, uh, I think the craziest part about that is people like to complain about millennials, but you can't because they're not old enough to even know uh, to complain about them yet. So you can say, uh, look at these 22 year olds. They're doing stupid stuff. This is the, this is, these are the millennials. But if you, if for the baby boomers, if you only had their decision-making up to age 22, you wouldn't know anything about the generation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because everybody that's 22 does stupid shit constantly. You did, I did, your dad did. 18-year-olds, 22-year-olds, this whole generation that we're trying to look at and assess and younger, they're constantly doing stupid shit because they're not grown up yet. So to complain about the way millennials are is starting to strike me weirder and weirder. And if I shift my focus here, I'm thinking they might be way better than you could even imagine you just don't either two things you either you don't get it or they haven't you we haven't realized what they're going to bring to the world yet and that goes in line with people always thinking things get worse everything's getting worse the world's getting worse you see these entitled millennials and they do their snapchat 
and they, you know, it's everything's this and that. And I think, man, I think you have to, if you look at history, you'd have to say that the art, your parents' generation was seen the same way. They were slackers and potheads and hippies (laughs) because they were 22 years old and 19 years old and doing drugs and hooking (laughs) up and, you know, having crazy opinions and being lazy. Well, you don't know anything about them, you don't. but the millennials have a power and, and a new way of looking at the world. And I think the world is getting better. And so we're probably going to have to give them a chance and, but really consider. Yeah. What about, I mean, there's a lot to that. What about our grandparents and those damn sock hops, man? Right. You know how crazy those things right. get? But yeah, and then our great grandparents. Have you ever heard of speakeasies? Illegal places Not to drink here. your drinks. Well, well also a part of this is that technology changes. Gosh, this changes has got me fired every, up, man. That's generation. A good point. And so like we we're looking back on what like you know what I mean, those generations thought, wait. Yeah, there was a generation that was like, no, you farm, you farm. And then somebody's like, no, I'm going to work in a factory. Right. And then, you know, the, then they was like, no, you got to work at the factory. And they're like, well, hold on. Maybe I could be a musician. This Elvis mm-hmm. guy did it. And then, uh, you know, or right. whatever. It looks silly and, now, but then, but right. eventually it kind of makes like, sense. Like my dad can't understand that, that I do podcasting for a living. Like he doesn't understand it. Like it doesn't compute in his brain. And I mean, it's really crazy, but that, that is just where it's at. So my, my dad, like, he asked me the other day, he said, so what are you going to do? I said, well, I'm going to develop podcasts. I have my podcast. I'm going to do music. <laughs> He's like, oh, well, I, you know, I mean, I, yeah, you work, I worked my whole life. And you know, that maybe if you ever need to, you know, maybe you think about something like that. I'm like, good Lord, well, look, I'm working that, too. But yeah, said that. let yeah. me make another point oh, here man. because, because that, you, wait, 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 let me ask to Latoya, does that hurt your feelings or you just got, I mean, you're, no, your dad, it, does, it doesn't now, it doesn't now because my dad does not understand that what I do for a living is real. If right. your dad dies right it. now and he strikes up a conversation at someone in heaven, he's going to say, you know what, my son, I can't figure him out. He's never worked. Well, Some, and, that, and something like the that. Bills. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So yeah, he now, thinks I don't really work. I don't so, really work. So now you <laughs> you picture what you don't get about millennials. I mean, clearly right. you see how this goes. So if you want to think about it, we're closer to your dad and my grandma than you are right. in some ways the millennials based on technology and its usage, right? So I, I really do yeah. think the dividing line is just after us. And so that might be a little bit misleading because, yes, I'm very – me personally – left my high school, went to a major city, has toured the world. Uh, I am 36 years old, 37 next month, and I might not seem that out of touch or stupid. I get that. Uh, I'm not bragging, but I make it a point to adopt new technologies, and I, every time I want to say something negative about, oh, this or that, I go, you know what? If I keep up with that attitude, it's going to get me in a lot of trouble later. But if you were a blue-collar worker from my high school, um who didn't ever keep up with anything since then, got married at high school, put up vinyl siding. Um, I think you're in huge, huge trouble. And we haven't seen what that trouble is going to be, but my prediction is that generation, us, the end of the old style, non-internet adapted people, um, is going to be the biggest, worst lame duck generation in all of human history ever, or potentially at least. So if you see my grandma or my dad, they're, they're, not ever going to adopt technology, but they're going to be dead pretty soon. And they were kind of able to skate by. Like my dad doesn't shop online. My grandma didn't right. check email. It, it And we made fun of them a ton for not understanding Nintendo games, but it didn't really matter a ton, ton. They were able to do it. And you're familiar with the stereotype of the 
55-year-old man who was in an industry, but now it's changed and now he's right. unemployable. But he worked hard and he went to college, but he didn't keep up, you know. And so he's kind of a lame duck, and that's a little bit of a problem. But that compared to now and the amount of difference and the acceleration of the change has got to be crazy. So I would say if you're a 37-year-old person now that doesn't get technology and you don't get Amazon and you don't understand what a podcast is and that kind of thing, <laughs> look, you're going to be in huge trouble in 30 years. Like, that's not going to be funny at all. Like, it's not going to be cute. Like, your grandma. Wait, wait, get wait. Email. 30 years? They, I mean, can't, can't they just skate? skate by it seems like they'd be in trouble in five years right no they're gonna be in trouble what i'm saying is they're gonna be unemployed bum scary out of touch uh they're gonna seem like the the people that are in the hills of 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 west virginia to modern (laughs) culture like it's gonna be a bigger problem than my dad's people my dad's age that can't you know they're getting replaced by 30 year olds it's gonna be way worse it's that same effect but way way worse because the acceleration of change and the type of change it's not in the fundamental wiring of somebody who never grew up with the internet and didn't make significant attempts and get exposed to stuff as perhaps I have to try to keep up. And I still think I'm going to be pathetic in the future compared to everybody uh, like Andy, our bass player and Dave, our drummer and below, they can learn stuff and adapt faster to technology fundamentally because it's happened when they were a kid, they were exposed to it as a kid and technology speed is going to increase. So here are you, me, if you're not paying attention now and you're my age, you're going to be an absolute liability and a danger to yourself and your family and society. It's going to be crazy. Now, I, I agree with you. What What do you think when Joey Svensson turns, uh, I'll just throw it at age out there, 73, at that point or, or later, can, can Joey say, you know what, to hell with this. I don't want to progress anymore. Well, that's what a lot of people do at a much younger age. Not yeah, but what what do you old. think about seven three seventy three? I'm just like, you know what? I know everybody's hopping on this whole my book thing, but yeah, I did Facebook, and I, I'm just not going to jump onto the right. That attitude is going to leave you doesn't. unable to get groceries at some point. Huh. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. going to be like you're going to say no. Like you know how your grandma and sister going down and getting the stamps and writing that stuff down. That's right. kind of cute. You're not going to be able to find groceries, and it's the, you know you're, if you're not down with the drone delivery, you're going to be in trouble. I mean, yeah. that's a bad example, but a very short-sighted example compared to where we're really going to be. All right, let's, be, let's, you know. uh, let's bring on our guest because we've been talking about this forever, but I want to end with a story that just happened to me. A lot of people know that I bought a washing machine dryer off Craigslist and kind of got screwed. They said it was great work in order. I think they believe that, but it just wasn't, right? So I called my dad and tell him. I was like, yeah, I bought a washing machine and dryer off Craigslist. He said, you did that? I said, <laughs> he said, I don't do that Craigslist. Now, <laughs> He would never buy anything. He doesn't even know what Craigslist is. Uh, I mean, he really doesn't understand or anything. He goes, I'm saying, well, you know, and I'm just talking about a washing machine and dryer, right? So the bad thing that happened was I bought a washing machine and dryer. He goes, you buy something on Craigslist, you, you will get killed. He said, you go to, he said, did you hear about that? Did you hear about those people? They went, they went to buy this really nice car, and when they got there, the guy killed them. That's what happens right. on Craigslist. And then he just silenced. I was like. Dad, I just tried to get a washing machine and dryer. I mean, what do you do? <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Like, he thinks the internet kills you. Right. That's what happens. The internet will kill you. So, I mean, there's no, he, I can't convince him that he could get a cheaper right. deal on Amazon. That yep. ain't going to happen. So, anyway, all right, this let's bring on our crazy. guest, Jesse Smith. This is going to be cool. Joey, you handle this interview. I'm excited to hear this.
Matt and I did, Matt and I did not interrupt you. We Matt were and I didn't do anything. We were flying. We were, we were busy. So I'm really excited to hear well, this. I Jesse got, Smith's one of my favorite. Drummers I got of all bad time. news for you. Every single one of my questions was, "What's your favorite?" Like, yeah, what's, your favorite? what's your favorite? What's your favorite Zayo album? You... What's your favorite place right. you ever played? Who's your favorite, favorite band song? to tour with? Oh yeah. All right, let's let's do he it. He started I'm... cussing at me. He was just yeah. like, "This is some fucking bullshit." But he loved your tenacity. <laughs> all right, here it is. Toby, Joey, I want to talk, and BC Pod listeners particularly, you guys too, I want to talk about security for a second. I mean, this is true. I'm not a negative guy, but this is true. There's a home burglary every 13 seconds, and most of them happen in broad daylight. Uh, with Basically, what happens is the burglar comes to your door, hits the doorbell, knocks on the door, whatever, and you're not there. And they say, okay, and they just they go right in. They break a little window or they do go, go around back. But the key is they go to the door first just to see if you're home and do it in the middle of the day because that way uh, it's not they don't look like prowlers and they don't feel like they're going to get shot, you know, that kind of thing. So the best security thing you could have better than an alarm is a video doorbell from Ring because it'll stop the burglary before it even happens because when as soon as somebody walks up to the door, uh, the motion detector goes off. They're already on video, and you're already watching it on your smartphone. It's incredible. They sent me one. I know you guys got yours, too. you got to get them installed if you haven't yet. I installed mine three or four days ago. Super easy to install. It was really nothing. It was just put it up in minutes, downloaded the app, and then immediately Bridget can walk up to the front door, and I can watch her and talk to her. I can keep it muted uh, where she can't hear me, or I can talk to her. So if I'm, let's say I am uh, downtown uh, at a meeting and the UPS man comes to the door, even if he doesn't hit the doorbell, I get an alert on my smartphone that there's motion at my front door, and I just open my phone up right there, and I see the UPS man standing on my front porch putting the sticker up saying he'll be back later. So can you imagine what that would do for a, uh, a would-be burglar to go up to see the video camera in their face or right there on the doorbell? And to know that you're looking at them. Or even if something did happen, you would see, you would have the video. It actually saves the video to your phone. So I can go back and watch anybody last week who's been through my front door or rang it. I've got a video. Or I could tell the UPS guy, hey, leave the package right there. Anyway, there's lots more to talk about on this one. It's a great thing. Stop the burglaries before they even happen. And for a limited time, our listeners get 50, you heard that right, $50 off the Ring of Security Kit. It's the lowest price anywhere. Go to ring.com slash badchristiannow. There's uh, hundreds of thousands of people that already protect their home with Ring. I do, and you should too. So go to ring.com slash badchristian for $50 off. Ring.com slash badchristian. Most of y'all are on Facebook. If you're not, you're not really in the 21st century. So those of you that are on Facebook, you know how easy it is to change that profile picture. It's like a click and then a put a new picture in there of you showing out the night before. And you know what? There's also a lot of people that are starting businesses doing DIY sorts of things and you need a website to do that. But that sounds a little intimidating to either pay someone a lot of money to start a website for you or design it, or you're going to have to spend a lot of time figuring stuff out. Well, Weebly changes all that. It's like, think about creating uh, or, or putting a new profile picture in your Facebook. And that sort of simplicity is what Weebly brings to web design and creating a website. You don't have to know how to code. And you can create beautiful blogs, beautiful websites, beautiful online stores. It's unbelievable. You click and drag and quickly build and publish your site. 
it's really too easy. And here's the deal is you can actually do this from any device. We're talking mobile phones, folks. In the car, need to go somewhere at a traffic light. You look at your phone, you're like, hey, I want to change something. Now stop changing it when the light turns green, but you can do it from your phone. Join 30 million people who are already dreaming big with Weebly. Get started today for free at Weebly.com slash badchristian. That's W-E-E-B-L-Y.com slash badchristian. Get out there, start your business, get a website, do it with Weebly. I want to get into a lot of uh, Jesse and the Holy Ghost stuff, but you're going to let us reminisce, right? We got to go back to the Zayo days, correct? Is that cool? Sure, man. Awesome, awesome. All right, so just to give you a little bit of a framework, I... Uh, my brother and I, huge Tooth and Nail fans, and I seriously, not trying to dramatize this, I remember when I got Splinter Shards, came out, and it was so good. It was like, it was a game changer, like when it came to uh, friends at school and stuff that didn't listen to Christian music, I wasn't allowed to listen to, Christian, uh, to secular music, so it used to be one of those things where I'd be like, hey, listen to this band, they're Christian, but they're real good. With Zayo, it was like, hey, listen to this. This is better than any music that you listen to. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just so badass. Did you, this is going to sound funny, but in my weird mind, it's a good question. Did you guys realize how badass you were? And did y'all get that from a lot of people with that release? (laughs) We were in this mode where we were just going for it from such like a a passionate place you know what i mean we were young and doing our thing those first tours when we first started making our rounds i mean we were touring in uh a toyota tercel (laughs) i had bought with a trailer that we bought from like a local guy so um we started you know noticing it was catching fire a little bit you know like every time we make the rounds back out to california that was the goal for us to get out to the uh, Orange County hardcore scene and, and and kind of be a part of that, but for a while, man, it was tough yeah. because we uh, we caught a lot of heat for you know what we were talking yeah. about. Yeah, for sure. But uh, we, we were just stoked, you know. We, we put the record out with um, with Tooth and Nail, but prior to that, we had worked with a little tiny Cleveland label called Standby. Yeah. One of the guys from uh, Branston, oh, yeah. Matt, doing a label and. Uh, yeah, we were just loving Sweet. it, you know. All right, so you said just a second ago you guys were getting flack. Were y'all getting flack from the the blatantly Christian lyrics, or were y'all getting flack from the Christians with the kind of music you were playing? Like, wh- where was the flack coming from? Uh, a little bit of both sides. I mean, we were coming, you know, out of uh, a Pentecostal church, you uh, know, youth group guys. Yeah. And, um they were like, Oh, you know, what's this devil music. Right. And, uh, as we got out more, a lot of the bands we were playing with, um, were, were very, you know, straight edge vegan, hardcore bands. Right. They were, they were very, you know, anti religion or, or that, you know, anti God kind of stuff. So it, Sean and Sean and Eric in the beginning, you know, spoke proselytized a lot more than say when Dan came in. Right. Um, but, uh, after a while, man, after we made the rounds a few times, it was cool. We finally felt like, oh, could we fit in with this? You know, we can, we get, we're starting to get to play with bands that we love and that were inspiring us, yeah. us at the time. So yeah. It was cool. So behind the scenes, 
were you guys in in your opinion looking back on it right uh you know from this time were you guys really living it up for Christ like were y'all what what Christians today would call on fire were y'all behind the scenes like praying a lot and thinking man we're gonna go into this venue and hopefully god will bring people to jesus like what what was going on behind the scenes at that time that was absolutely the case yeah um a hundred percent um you know a lot of those guys went on to become pastors right um and uh that that was the jam Uh, that's what we wanted to do you know is get out and, and spread what what we believed yeah so with the um with the heavy music and then the Christian label, uh, you know, I was thinking before talking to you, it's like, it seems like maybe with the heavy music scene, the Christian label was easier to live with because it's like such a, I guess, punk vibe claiming Christ is the only way. I mean, it's like, uh, I don't know, you don't like us because we're Christians. Well, we love you. Jesus loves you. But you know, f- you were heavy, <laughs> sit back and enjoy it. You know what I'm saying? It's like a, like, right. I mean, seriously, when you're up there screaming and the music's good and it's just rocking like crazy, people are like, holy shit, I don't care if this is Christian or not. This, you know, do, do you think that, that <laughs> the, the heavier bands had an easier time with the Christian label? Probably. <laughs> and I'm looking back now, I'm like, dang, why was everyone so pissed off? <laughs> you know, they're spreading this message of, uh, you know, I think, I think it got a little easier as it went on. I mean, as I was saying before, I, you know, more yeah. bands started coming up and then a kind of a scene started to develop, especially with the explosion of the tooth and nail thing. And, and then the other labels that came out of the whole thing. But um, I think that maybe, maybe for us did, start to become a little easier because people started to really just connect to the music. And if they were able to connect yeah. to the message, we were all about that. Um, right. There was a, you know, went from kind of being um, a, a real message driven thing to a shift as in to more at that time, just as much about the message, but um, to more about moving forward with the music, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, when I was in college and like I hung out with a lot of uh, kids that listen to hardcore just like me i mean it did get to that point to where like a lot of the hardcore listeners they were straight edge so to them it was like oh well the christian guys they're everything we are except they also believe in this jesus thing that we don't but who cares like we're kind of on the same page as far as how we approach life and like you said you, you know just connecting with the music did y'all feel like y'all were blazing like a new trail when y'all came out with blood and fire. And before you go into that, what, what happened? Like, did you kick everybody out of the band so you could do your metal thing? I mean, how, how did that drastic musical shift uh, come about? No, no, not at all. Everybody started feeling like they were, um, some of the guys said they thought that God had told them that it was time for them to leave right. the band. And other guys had said, you know, I want to pursue this. And it, it, it all kind of happened real quick. And, and a couple, there, there were, there was like maybe an extra guy in the mix. I can't believe, uh, remember who it was, yeah. but we, we were like, we want to keep going, you know? So it actually all kind of, that was a real smooth transition. Everybody wanted to go about, you know, their life and, and I wanted to keep playing music. Yeah. So that, that's just really, it, it was chill. I see a lot of those guys all the time. Oh, yeah? Some of them are still local, yeah. local, you know, t- to this area. So. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So musically, at least in my novice 
um, listening days. I mean, I, you know, I was exploring all sorts of new stuff. When I was in college, I was broadening my musical listening to non-Christian stuff. And so a lot of it was new to me. It seemed like stylistically Zayo was blazing a new trail. And I, I know that's something that probably you being in the band, it's not easy. If that's the case, it's not easy to admit because it sounds maybe a little arrogant. But I mean, wasn't it a new sound that you guys were doing? Because years afterwards, you would always hear people like, oh, man, they, they have vocals like Zayo or bands being like, man, let, let's just get the vocals sounding like that. I mean, was it a new thing or can you reflect on some bands that you guys were listening to that was really influencing y'all sound definitely bands we were listening to that was influencing our sound yeah. and, and and dan gravitated towards that vocal style yeah um carcass heartwork was a big one yeah. um and all the other carcass records uh you know we were into a a local one once all the new guys came in you know the talent of of russ and brett detter um and dan i was opened up to this whole other you know world three hours away yeah of, of different bands, different, you know, styles. And there was some just gnarly bands coming out of that area. Passover was one. There was a band called creation is crucifixion that Scott Mellinger played in. Yeah. Um, so, but we kind of just, again, just really went for, um, you know, we practiced at several different places, Brett's parents, um, Dan and, and, uh, um, Russ's church at the time and, and just wrote a bunch of new songs when, we're just kind of like cool yeah it's 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 kind of new again you know that's awesome that's cool yeah all right so the uh the the best source of truth in wikipedia the uh <laughs> living sacrifice drummer lance garvin he said uh that he filled in or, or actually the article says that he filled in for smith you when the rest of the guys could not find him for a couple of 2003 festival dates. What does that mean? Could not find you. I think it was probably during a time where there was turbulence in the band and we didn't know whether we were doing shows or, or not doing shows or if we were together or if we would had broken up or, you know, whatever was going on. I've read some of that. There's so much stuff on, the internet, you know, that you read and you're like, so it's just stupid rumor stuff. I think, I mean, there was definitely a couple times along the way where other people had to fill in for, yeah. um, you know, certain things I've read that before though. I think that it ended up, we were booked for some festival stuff yeah. and there was, you know, something was going on and, and half of us thought we were doing it. Maybe half thought we weren't. And yeah, they ended up playing. Yeah. Lance is awesome, man. I haven't seen that guy in a long time. Yeah. Great drummer. Awesome. So like with, um, you guys started off as kind of, you know, hardcore youth pastors almost what, where are you at in your faith, uh, now, um, you know, do you still uh, ascribe to the same sort of beliefs currently in your life? Um, you know, I, I, I've, I've kind of come full circle with a lot of things. Um, my, my journey has been turbulent for a lot of my, my decision makings and then, and things that have unfolded in my life. And I don't really like to, to stick to uh, a a tag of, you know, I'm this or I'm that. I, I, a lot of the, a lot of the things that I was raised with and, and, and a lot of just a lot of things about being involved in care in a charismatic church and coming up with that, that mindset. I feel like, 
those were some things that led to some just destructive, you know, paths and cycles, you know, over yeah. and over again. Um, so my, my jam these days, man, is just uh, being accountable and being very grateful. Yeah. Um, and, and, and just trying to love as much as I can, yeah. you know, and um, if Christianity works out for, you know, other people, I think it's wonderful. Um, for me, it, it hasn't worked out that way. Um, I, I read a lot. Um, I take a lot of, um, you know, the words of, uh, of Jesus, you know, written in the Bible. And, right. and, and I take a lot from, from other things that I read, you know, so I just, uh, I'm just kind of rolling, rolling on my own thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. Totally. Um, I, whatever, whatever people can find peace with. And, and for me, um, being able to, to love Christians as much as I love a guy on the street and kind of step away from, you know, a lot of that stuff has been good and positive for my life. So that's, what's working for me yeah. right now. You know? Yeah. I don't know if you know, you, you probably don't know a lot of my background, but I think we had super similar upbringings and I literally, um, so, so I'm actually writing a book on all this mess, but it, oh, awesome, it, man. in writing it, I really discovered just how mentally ill and sick I was. And for me, it was a combination of obsessive compulsive disorder, uh, depression, but throwing into the mix legalism and just extreme yeah. condemnation, afraid of hell, afraid of losing my salvation. Dude, when I was recounting a lot of these stories and stuff that was going on in my head, like me, uh, 38-year-old Joey, was looking back on younger Joey and like, that dude was sick. Like that, like, and yeah, you know, part of it was physiological, obviously, but part of it honestly was my church upbringing. I mean, Pentecostal circles, and I don't want to say all Pentecostal churches were the same, you know, but for me, it was just horrible man i mean just the mm -hmm. the torturous times that you know i remember being in high school and all that stuff so um did you, have you i've listened to, i've listened to you guys on and off for a while so i do know a little bit about uh you know i've heard you speak a lot and and i i i know definitely what you're talking about i've dealt with pretty much everything that you just said you know that's been that's been kind of the life the fight there, you know, yeah. just like the depression and the, you know, I've always struggled with, you know, a lot of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So do you ever go to, um, something to try to help with, like, did, did you ever get addicted to anything or get into, you know, you said some bad decisions, uh, and obviously you don't have to get into any of this, but you know, what were some of those bad decisions where you turn into alcohol or anything like that? Oh, absolutely. I've had, um, you know, my struggles with, uh, a lot of addiction yeah. and, and, and a, and a lot of self loathing, yeah. you know, um, whether that was, you know, programming from, you know, some outsourced thing that I chose to believe or, or whether it was the madness in like my own head, I've, uh, I've spent a lot of time working with, uh, at this point, kind of a team of, of people that I trust to, to get to a place, you know, yeah. uh, of, of that accountability. I, a lot of stuff shifted. I, it was, it was hard for me because, you know, around, um, 2005, I got divorced and the kids were like a centerpiece of my life. Yeah. I have two children, a 14 year old and a 16 year old. Um, 
which I, I, I won custody of full custody of Dang. at 30 at 39, like a year and a half ago. Dang. And uh, them coming back in full circle has just been nothing but, uh, you know, a blessing. But a lot of a lot of that time, it's like, you know, I was dealing with, um, you know, leaving this band with all this, you know, quote unquote drama that surrounded it, kind of having a lot of fingers pointed at myself and, 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 and realizing, um, you know, what, what I was accountable for with that situation. And then, and then just kind of being a little bat shit, you know, yeah. <laughs> from the start. Yeah. So, uh, I, I definitely counseling and therapy and, um, you know, being open, listening. Um, and, and it's been, it's, it's been good for me. Yeah. So when, when, when it comes to Zayo and Zayo breaking up and stuff were people believing things about you that weren't true. And that was hard for you to, to handle just pe- you know, people thinking and saying things and you're just like, well, I, there's nothing I can do about it. I think it, it was tough, especially cause it all happened right around the time of my divorce. Um, you know, I was, that's like immense life change, man. You know, that's crazy. Yeah. I just, a lot of it, you know, I was grossly overweight and I was strung out on booze and a, countless other things. And, um, I, I, you know, information kind of started, I'd started in another band and had really been kind of gotten myself together with some stuff and was still really struggling with other stuff. You know, I, I, I'm responsible for like, you know, a lot of things that, that happened. And, and the, the good thing is, man, me and those dudes are all like really good friends now. Yeah. So I, I just saw them. Um, I went to see them. They, killed a gig in Pittsburgh uh, a couple months ago. It was sold out. It was awesome. Me and some of the other uh, past members went to just see everybody. And it's nothing but good vibes these days. I talk to Scott all the time. And yeah. Um, so is that not weird learning- though, that, that there's like a bunch of members of, of Zayo, none of them were original and, and on, and I mean, if I were in your shoes, I, for me personally, and I never was in the music scene, but that'd still be kind of hard just because I believe Zayo is kind of a, a, a big deal. And I think a lot of people share those sentiments, especially in the heavy music scene and just people still listening. And it's like, for lack of better words, that, that was your baby. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you were kind of the original guy. So what was it ever hard letting go and seeing other guys run with it? Uh, I mean, maybe a little in yeah. the beginning, just because all the, you know, stuff kind of explodes and, and you got to wait for it all to settle. Yeah. I mean, fortunately, fortunately for, for, for me, it's, 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 it's a blessing now because they're still putting out badass music. Right. And they're still passionate and they're amazing musicians, you know? So I think it's cool because those guys are um, great cats, man. And they're still like, you know, they care. There's still that care there yeah. and they're appreciative of the groundwork that was laid whether I was there, it was some other guy, you know? So I don't really think about it like that too much. I, you know, as much as maybe stung at the time feeling like me, 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 and I, 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 like looking back now, it's, it's, it's good how it's all went That's down cool. and it, it, it makes sense, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people in your shoes would see it that way. That's awesome for sure. It's, it's hard to see people talk shit about you, yeah. man, you know, <laughs> I'm, it, you know, when you're, you know, you feel like you're trying and, right. and, 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 
you know, but, uh, but what were people saying? I mean, good. were people getting in your business talking about, uh, I don't, you being overweight and indulging in alcohol. I mean, what kind of stuff were people saying about you pissed that you left the band or I just think I was maybe just known as this dramatic mouthy, just obnoxious turd. <laughs> and, you know, uh, I think a lot of that was manifesting because of the pressures of, at that point, a lot of the guys, you know, were younger yeah. and I had kids and was trying to do like the married life thing at like 22. And that wasn't really what I envisioned going on, you know? So, well, dude, if those people were right, you have <sighs> changed, man. You have, <sighs> you are a mild mannered, nice guy to talk to. <laughs> so uh, you as well I'm, I'm 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 happy to be on the phone with you man i, I sat on my back porch uh cool yeah. story i sat on thank you for saying that i i sat on my back porch man about a year and a half ago when i i started you guys are what kind of got me into podcasting yeah and uh and and it helped me really reflect on the way i was raised and and where i'm at with with my thinking these days and uh and i i, I sat back there and i told i told my my girlfriend, we've been together for 11 years and through all yeah. kinds of tough. And I told her, I said, man, I would love to talk to these dudes one day. <laughs> so it's, it's cool, man. It's, oh yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a blessing to be here. I, I love it. That's cool, man. That's cool. Yeah. And typically we, we've actually been talking recently about doing solo interviews like this, but a, as of uh, now it's, it's been out of necessity. Like we just had Toby do an interview by himself and Matt and Toby are both traveling toby is moving to nashville and about to tour an emory acoustic and then matt is oh, you know, cool. traveling for the tour as well so all right well your friends that that are still uh christians and some of them i think still youth pastors uh i don't know if you interact with them do you, do you still interact with some of your christian friends oh yeah and i I don't view it like that, man. I mean, I, well, I don't, yeah, no, I know, I know, line, you know, but yeah, I definitely do. I do. I, I, I'll wrap with people. I'm sorry. I think, I think we have a little delay. I keep interrupting you. Go ahead. No, I to, I totally get to see, I see Mick probably more than Sean or Eric. And I talked to Roy a good bit. Everybody's just so slammed. I mean, you know, with your schedule and those guys, it's, it's weird. A, a year or two passes and you don't realize. Do you ever pick up a vibe? Like they see you as kind of the, the lost sheep that they feel bad for, or is you don't, you don't pick up on that at all. Uh, I don't know. Cause if they, <laughs> if, if they do, they certainly have never, you know, checked up on me or asked me like how I'm doing over the right. course of all this time. Um, I remember, you know, being in a really bitter spot and, and very low. And, uh, I was out front and somebody, somebody came by, I was working on a shitty broke down car and was not happy. And they're all like, so brother, where are you ministering these days? And, you know, <laughs> I was just like, Oh yeah. But, um, everybody's pretty awesome, man. I, it's, it's, it's easy. I think it's easy to talk to anybody about anything. If you're coming from a non-defensive, you know, place of just, of just love and man. And, 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 you know, so. Yeah, totally. So when it comes to, you know, it, it sounds like you're definitely at a different place spiritually and you, you know, I, I've heard uh, kind of Scott handle these sorts of conversations the same way, very respectful and not wanting to sound jaded towards uh, Christianity or anything like that. 
but for you, was it, you know, was, was your journey to believe differently, more philosophically? Was there a couple of things that got stuck in your head and you were like, wait a second, that can't be true. Um, was it anything that, uh, you know, life experience that caused you to start thinking differently or what, what sort of things were the, the main lines in the sand, I guess? Um, I guess a little bit of all of it, you know, um, I really started reading and, and, and studying a lot, you know, with just a history in, in the past. I mean, that wasn't... Now, that that sounded arrogant. You said that you started to read and study. What are you saying about all the other smart Christians out there? They don't read or study? Oh, that? no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. I'm totally no, kidding, absolutely man. not. Go ahead. I had never... I'm the goofball in that because I started, you know, some things weren't connecting for me. Yeah. Um, from actually a pretty early age and, and, and instead of really seeking, I just bitched and got bitter. Yeah. And, and I just had an awakening, man. I I was sitting in my garage and just, there was just a shift and, and something clicked and I stopped, I stopped trying to tear it down and, and I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's not something for me that I even feel like. I really want to talk about yeah. that much. I'm, you know, it's some people, there's just really, I don't really, I'm not into pointing fingers or, or the debate. That, that's what seemed to be going on for, for such a long time. I've always, I've always had a desire to, to be a spiritual person. Um, you know, it's like, I started to, I'm always looking for a fix, man. Like yeah. the, the fix that I could, and, and for me, um, it's really turned into a more, you know, Gospel of Thomas 70 kind of thing. Yeah. You know, if you find what will save you is inside of you, you know, and, and if you don't, if you don't find what's inside of you, what is inside of you can destroy you. And that's kind of my, my school of thought these days. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about, uh, Jesse Smith and the Holy Ghost. It's Jesse Smith and the Holy Ghost, or is it just Jesse and the Holy Ghost? It's, it's Jesse Smith and the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. All right. So, <laughs> When, when when you when you book shows or or your booking agency, do they ever get oh so this is a Christian band or something or man that's a goofy cheesy Christian band like do y'all ever get anything like that? Uh, it just happened yesterday when Bill, are you serious? <laughs> when Billboard dot com premiered our new single and uh, it was like check out Christian rockers Jesse Smith and the Holy Ghost, <laughs> so it was like it was oh this my gosh big, that's uh, funny yeah because you're just gonna around. You're just going to assume it, you know? Yeah, the, the, I was doing some, when I started playing again, I was cutting some demos with some producer friends and just working with different musicians. And it got to the point where we had made an announcement. There was a little press and I had to come up with something. And I'd been in a, a couple different projects where they were solo records, yeah. but I had a band and stuff. And I was like, well, the project started out a lot more... Um, mellow and chill so it it was at the time kind of just like this noisy aggressive almost all country vibe and it's kind of continued to grow into a heavier you know harley rock and roll kind of thing um but somebody asked me you know what is what does music make you feel like and i was just like that that was thrown out there and i'm like i like that you know whether good or bad um this is it's been a big part of my life yeah and it's and and so you know it's it's i I thought i'd have a revolving 
kind of cast of guys too. I'm fortunate enough in the last year, we've really solidified a rad band, but um, I was kind of thinking, you know, it's, it's, it's seen, but unseen there, not there kind of thing. That's just, and it, and it was kind of a throwback to, you know, what's brought me to this place. That's but yes, people will be like, always, is this a Christian act? You know? Yeah. Yeah, to- Toby and I, we used to. Uh, so first of all, just for the record, I think Christian or non-Christian band, it'd be a pretty badass name because, it, or, or it is a badass name because it's just in your face. Hey, we're gonna say Holy Ghost. Toby and I, yeah. we when we started a band, we were purposely trying to think of the most cheesy Christian band names that we could possibly come up with, with no plans of using them. But tell me what you think. The first one was Salvation Station. <laughs> And then the <laughs> and then the second one was Holy Ghost Busters. Oh, that's that's, <laughs> that's nice kick ass, right isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> hey, so what has it been like? Has it been a fun adjustment? So think back to like your first handful of Zayo albums pre-internet craze. Uh, it was a day when people actually ordered CDs in the mail. You know, fast forward here, you know, 20 years later, the music industry is just, it, it can't look any more different. Has that been oh, yeah. a fun adjustment or more of a huge pain in your ass? I think a, a little bit of both, but more so it's been healthy because I've been forced to to be present with the whole situation, yeah. constantly having to remind myself don't be a dickhead, <laughs> you know, like yeah. stay, stay, stay with it. And, and, um, we've worked, I've worked really hard, you know, uh, financed all of it myself yeah. and, and been, been able to kind of nurture it from the ground up. So it's, it's, it's cool, but man, stuff is very different. We did some touring, um, at the, uh, a little run at the end of last summer with sleep wave and he is legend. We're hitting the road with, um, he's legend again and there's some oh, other sweet. tours lined up and you know we're we're back to working with a, a, a pretty awesome group of people we have a, a booking agent and there's a label on board and all that good stuff so i'm really thankful man i it, it's it's been a lot different because i mean when you're a kid you just you just go for it yeah you know i'm constantly having to be like i'm ignoring I work a day job and, and it, it requires a lot of my time. I work a hundred miles from home, anywhere from, you know, 50 to 150 sometimes. And, uh, Gee. you know, at, at night when you could be kicking it with your kids or your girl, it's like, well, you know, why are you always on the phone? Cause I'm talking to people in LA or, you know, I'm, right. I'm doing this or that. So I'm excited to see it come full circle. It's, it's interesting. Cause it's, it's just the starting line, you know, that's, what's different yeah. now. We've, we've put in several years of, of, of hard work and a lot of energy just to get to the beginning. So we're very yeah. happy to, to, to be back at the beginning. You know? That's cool. Hey, do your, do your, so your kids, both of them teenagers, do they think your music is, is stupid or are they like, man, dad's pretty cool. He plays <laughs> some pretty cool music. It depends on the tune. I mean, when they were younger, I think the shift lately has been like, <laughs> uh, why is it so like noisy? And, you know, my son's all into Drake and those kind of jams. My daughter is a big music lover. Um, but, yeah. you know, he, he's a, he's Johnny's sports guy. And and uh, she's just a 4.3 angel. Yeah, so. <laughs> I hear you. They probably think I'm a nerd, man. <laughs> <laughs> So how how do you do the 
do you got so you're going on tour and everything do your kids just i mean they're they're older so do they just stay home do they go to their moms or you know because you got full custody how does that work out they're getting ready to go visit their mom for a few weeks so it's working out nice because uh we're going to be doing some traveling why they're gone but i mean typically they just they just stay here with my my girl you know and this is our family yeah so they're with their they're with their stepmom quote unquote you know yeah awesome all right so since matt and toby's not not on here with us i can ask questions that would annoy the hell out of them um (laughs) do you like emory at all like, did you ever listen to any of their albums and like, man, these guys are pretty good. I think they're really good. I think it's cool that they're still doing their thing, too. Yeah. Um, I, I, I heard them. I was kind of piecing out yeah. of that whole that, that that scene, you know, when they came into play. So through the podcast, hearing hearing it and stuff, that's when I really got familiar with them. Yeah, they, they seem to stay like super busy. Yeah, yeah, totally. totally. And, and for the record, they. When they're he- when they hear this interview, they will be extremely pissed off about that question, but I don't care. All right, so tell us about um, <laughs> like how you know I was listening to some of the tunes that you sent. Um, I was listening to them just a couple hours ago. Oh, cool. I don't want I don't want to mischaracterize the music, but is it definitely a little, super awesome, super tight? Love it. Is definitely a dark vibe. Would you say it did? Uh, it does some of it. Yes. Um, because of the, the time, you know, the re- the record comes out, uh, July 8th yep. uh, on, on standby, but some of the songs were written over the course of, of the last couple few years, you know, and th- th- they do have a little bit of a, of a darker tone yeah. to them. I'm, I've always liked growing up, you know, the, the music that I fell for uh, as a young kid my my induction was you know joy division the cure yeah um i've always liked stuff like that so um what why do you why do you say that i'm just curious that you feel like it's it has a darker vibe just because of the way it plays or no i don't know i think the i think the tempo the vocals and that's not a knock i mean i i mean of all people i love dark music um right on but it but it's almost like um I don't know if it, you're, I'm sure you're probably familiar with Mark Solomon, but some of his newer stuff and some of his oh, vocal yeah. deliveries, it's, it's just way darker than your melodic stavesaker sort of thing. Sure. Yeah? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so how, yeah. how would you describe your music? Like if, if you were like, I know that's probably something that uh, musicians don't like to do. So forgive me. <laughs> but yeah how would you describe it i mean just it's hard rock right yeah it's hard rock uh, going for more of like the simple you know the classic song structure yeah you know i'm not trying to recreate the mold by any means some of it's influenced by you know southern rock some of it's totally. influenced by gothier stuff yeah um so i don't know i always tell people we're a cross between you know like Harley rock and roll meets, you know, four bar blues meets like gothy stuff. Yeah, <laughs> you know? totally. I, don't, I don't know how you describe your own music, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but well, forgive me. That was an but, asshole question. No, man. no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you the primary, are you the primary uh, songwriter or is there a lot of collaboration or what? To, uh, to this point, with the record being cut when it was, it was a solo effort. And yeah. I had a couple buddies, um, you know, we would just go into the studio. Um, we cut at this sweet studio that was in Cleveland that ended up closing, but like 
Dave Matthews, Tori Amos, all these awesome people had cut their sweet rooms. It's yeah. called Annie Up. Yeah. Um, and uh, we did it in a super freezing cold winter. And I, I was just, we got a hold of some dudes. So, you know, my buddy Brandon produced it all and engineered it. And uh, we're just kind of handing instruments around. But to, the po- to this point, it, it was a solo effort. But now that we're a full-blown band, we've got a bunch of new material kicking around and i'm really excited to get back into the studio with it being a band effort you know i'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to that awesome. that'd be cool awesome all right so people can go to facebook.com forward slash jesse smith and the holy ghost and then you guys yeah. have a, a website as well correct or is that the best place uh we're on twitter um yeah. you can follow us and our instagram um same handle jesse smith thg yeah and uh there's a website. We've been having some problems with our socials this week, but all that stuff will be um, good soon. So yeah. So July eighth is the release, and are are there pre orders going on right now? Yeah, absolutely. And that stuff's all over the place. We've been sharing, sharing, sharing. It was cool that uh, we we're blessed, man. Revolver uh, premiered our video, and yeah. Billboard just premiered a song, and we've been getting really kind, good looks, and yeah. I saw hopefully, that. some people are hopefully some people are able to connect to it. I'm. I was nervous, you know, you never know what you, I, I, I haven't been out playing music in a really long time. So all this stuff goes through your head. You know, I'm an old man. I'm, I'm this, I'm that, right. but right. we're just, uh, we're just happy to be doing it, man. Yeah. That's awesome. So everybody go check out Jesse Smith and the Holy ghost. Thank you, man. It was actually a really fun conversation for me being a old school Zayo fan and, you know, just listening to this new stuff. It's been awesome talking to you. Oh, it's my pleasure. I love what you guys do, man. I appreciate what you guys do, and I appreciate you taking the time to have me on. Sweet, man. Hopefully, maybe maybe sometime we could sit down and all have some beers together. That would be nice. Dude, that'd be awesome. It just won't be at a West Virginia football game. So, <laughs> Right on. <laughs> awesome, man. Let's do awesome. that. And, uh, hey, we'll have you back on sometime as well, especially when you guys have a uh, sec- another album coming out. We'll do it again. I would love that, man. Stay blessed. Stay well. All right, man. You too. Thanks. All right. Thank you. All right. Nice work, Joey. Oh, I know, man. Wow. I know. I mean, hey. did, did you like interviewing, doing an interview without Matt and I? Was that like kind of fun or not? I think so. I think it can be more popping and more happening with more people. Popping and a popping. Popping and a popping. But I do think that one person doing the interview opens the door up for more strategizing. Now, here's the thing that could be good or bad. Because what if Joey has very bad strategy going on? He doesn't right. have Matt or Toby to interviewing and being like, oh, wait a second, this isn't going well. But it could be very advantageous if it's a good strategy that Toby and Matt don't see the full picture of That's and right. they just get in the way. So, hey, it could be bad or good, and uh, we'll let the listeners decide about this past one. But uh, I-, I enjoyed it, yes. No, I, I think it's great. I, Joe, T- Toby did the one with Keith Repult, and then we aired an interview I did with Chad Gardner yeah. previously, and now you did this one. So very good, everybody. I, I enjoy it. And I, I guess if I have to say in a way, for sure, better because I, I can go where I want to go and everything. But yeah. it's less conversational. So good and bad. I think we'll do some more of both, I imagine. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. Well, let's get to uh, we, we, this interview. This whole uh, podcast has been kind of long, so I want to get right to the best part. I got part. a news story for you, too. All right. Well, I'm going to allow this. is my last day in Charleston, so Let I'm going to allow you story. to do that. Like but, it. Matt, kick the music.
in a world in where a world, it's, your, it's your last time to record with my your last friend, time you're gonna take it over and he keeps asking you for a hand job my name is joey in a world Sp- where you can't believe that someone's belly no matter where you're at in the room can touch you <laughs> my name is toby morell this is the damn news i'm gonna do the first news i'm here to bring no, no, to no. you you can do the second one. okay all right because i thought this was interesting and this is kind of about you because it involves joey and your name's joey this comes from cnn.com uh, I don't know if y'all heard about this, but, you know, it was just 4th of July, and Joey Chestnut won he, he back on top, basically, for eating hot the most eating. hot dogs. Yep. Joey Jaws Chestnut chomped through the Coney Island contest record to reclaim his title as hot dog eating champion of the world. For the 100th year in a row, fans flocked to the corner of Surf and Stillwell Avenues at, a high, at high noon to witness the July 4th fest. More than 35,000 people came and did, saw this, but Chestnut was all smiles. After out-eating Matt Megatoad Stoney, who won last year, he upset Chestnut last year, but this year, Chestnut's 70-dog total also polished off a former Coney Island contest record of 69. He ate 70 hot dogs. Dang! Gum, were they Nathan's? It's unbelievable. Yes, yeah. were they? Yep, they sure were. And he won $40,000, and he did this all in 10 minutes. 70 hot dogs. So, Toby, it, you it can just see. begs the question. I've got, I've got tears It just begs the question, Joey. Eyes. How many wieners have you had in your mouth at one time? I have had, I think, three wieners in my mouth at one time. Okay, good. Perfect. And now, how many hot dogs do you guys think, honestly, real bet, like $25 of your own money you have to bet right now, how many hot dogs can you eat in 10 minutes? Whoa, 10 minutes? Uh, not. And, and like, you can throw up at the end? Yeah, if you need to. And with or without a bun? Yeah, with a bun. With a bun? I think I could do five in 10 minutes. If really? it's just... I think I could do 10 or 20. I was going to say three. three. I think, yeah, I think I could do that many. <laughs> That's a lot of wieners. No I mean, way. Th- There's no way I could do that. I mean, I can eat two in one minute. Yeah. For sure. And then I know I, we should try this. I've really adopted. It would try kill it. me because I've really adopted really, really good mastigation skills. Right. For, <laughs> for our less educated <laughs> listeners, that means chewing. I'm a good chewer. Yeah. Very good chewer. I chew my food up really well. So my stomach would be like, why in the world did well, you just throw Matt all this? Matt and I did the steak challenge, and I ate. It was seventy-two ounces, and I I ate sixty ounces of steak. Mm-hmm. So how much? How many ounces in one hot dog? You think? Oh, I no. just now that know. that was an hour though. Wasn't maybe it? two, three or four ounces, three ounces. Yeah, that was an hour. But I think in ten minutes I could eat ten, and I'll I'll just try. <laughs> I I've, I'm the fastest drinker I've ever met. I know there are people that are faster, but as yep, far as people I've met. I completely agree with that. And I, I think I, I might have seen you break that. Uh, maybe, I don't know if it's, it must be an urban legend, but that's, I've seen you uh, knock down seven crackers in a minute. You're not supposed yeah. to be able to do it. So I was able to do that. And and uh, what was it? Whistle? You eat crackers and whistle, right? Been able to do that. I we mean, had a I, friend in college that said that he could uh, bring down a gallon of milk in one minute. I don't think I could do that. I, somebody I'd like said to it, see. There's some people that think it's humanly impossible. Yeah, I don't know if it's possible. But anyway, that's, yeah. my, that's my new story, Joey. Go ahead with your new story. All right. Well, Roving reporter, Joey Svensson. No, I would nope. say I'm a stationary co- reporter, Joey Svensson. I'm a co-anchor. Yeah, you're Lounging not Lounging stationary reporter. Not All right. Roving. Completely sedentary. Sedentary. Large well, and stationary. All of my friends who are charge. sitting in safe America right now, I'm sorry about this news story. 
But I've got some bad news. The Smithsonian Institute admits to the destruction of thousands of giant human what skeletons. What website does this come from? In the early 1900s. This is worldnewsdailyreport.com. I, I'm pretty sure that's probably fake. A U.S. Supreme <laughs> Court ruling has forced the Smithsonian Institute to release classified papers dating from the early 1900s that prove the organization was involved in a major historical cover-up of evidence showing giants human remains in the tens of thousands had been uncovered all across America and were ordered to be destroyed by... Well, not satire, per se. World News Daily Report follows the old-school tabloid-style faux journalism of its predecessors, such as Weekly World News, meaning that this is fake as shit. Nope. You don't even know it. Nope. The allegations stemming from the American Institution of Alternative Archaeology. One of their other articles was called Apple Announces Release of Paranormal Communication Application. This is from AIAA. And New Gandhi movie Shock Sentia. That the Smithsonian <laughs> Institution had destroyed thousands. Did you really of think these. this was real? Like you just totally <laughs> thought this was real. That you want to believe world that the Smithsonian was like, not on our watch. We're gonna destroy <laughs> giant skeletons. Major cover up Western archaeology. I just can't believe it. I just well, can't. <laughs> I mean, you have to know, don't you? He, he, I don't know. I can't ever tell sometimes if he's playing along or not, but I do have one way to cut through some conspiracy type thinking. How about this? I haven't used this line before, but I think it's true. If, for instance, archaeologists are going to cover up that they found something that would point to something like God exists or Christianity is right or there was a big flood or whatever it is, that I would always suggest to you that they would be way better off to say it they would want the credit for it. but that the idea is that they want to care they care more about stifling the notion that god is real but let me tell you this nobody gives a shit about you and what you believe they only care about themselves think of it that way people are just relax and understand that people are more selfish so there's no people that care at all what you think you know to be fooled by a conspiracy that's not how it really works no nobody's going to be more concerned with fooling a group of people than they are for their own gain as a reporter, archaeologist, scientist, etc. So you had to go through that. a lot of work because you care about this cause so much of not God. You uh, had to call, care so much to cover up Nephilim remains that, to, to hope that right. nobody would believe. Trust me, nobody's out there thinking about what you believe. They do not care. And nobody cares about you. It's an arrogant, narcissistic way to think that somebody cares about what I think. They don't. The conspiracy that I'm sold on is JFK. And I think, Matt, that fits your theory of that's what most people, including historians and researchers, believe. So that's one that I think taking a deeper look, you jump on. But that's the only one that I'm sold on. But you know what I'm sold on even more is just how wonderful BC Club is. And I'm telling you, the BC Club is growing like crazy, especially when we kind of gave you an update on Toby moving and Matt sincerely say, saying, hey, the BC Club, what it brings in helps us have more flexibility. I mean, we're wanting to start a, uh, a church community expression of Bad Christian as well. Lots of moving plates here. I got to see the trailer to a new documentary that we're making and uh, we just like want to thank trailer? the BC Club because you help us. I thought it was very It cool. was really cool. Super cool. So badchristian.com forward slash contribute. And here, uh, here's our new BC Clubbers of this episode. 
And as you can tell, it's a long list of Ben Smith, Gabe Grimley, Kevin Ming, Zach Way, Elisha Smith, Kyle Dowdle, Christian Mays, Josiah Sutton, Una Hamilton, Jacob Welker, Christopher Pearson, Christopher Donis. Oh, my gosh. Airy Listesh. Oh, wait a second. This is uh, Matt. I mean, Toby, come come over here. Ariel list the shit Porta. <laughs> <laughs> what is he trying to say? Is it a joke? It's A R I. Or are you disparaging? Yeah, it's thing. gotta be. Oh my gosh! I hope this is a joke. Ariel list the shit Porta. Ariola's shit Porta. Uh, before he comes, before Toby see. tries it, let me see it. Where is it at? Ariel list the shit Porta. It's Ariel the shit. Ariel is the shit. Oh, Ariel is the shit. <laughs> Tajman. Oh my God. I hope I'm not being racist. Ariel is the shit. Tajman come come plagni. Sherry Complagni. That sounds Sherry right. Pauf. That's P-F-A-U. You guys do this. It's a hard job. Katie Evans and Magnus S. Are those S. all new people? Just from, that's great. Yes, yes, they are new people. And guys, uh, for those of you that w- listen to every bad Christian episode, and you remember this episode, that couple did pay me. Do y'all remember that couple that we talked about yeah, for a while that apparently stiffed? They the did. They they actually did pay because they yeah. heard it on the show. Yep. Oh, good no, okay. gosh, no. So, anyway, we love you guys. We love our listeners, even that don't pay anything, but I think they're missing out on some of God's blessings. And uh, Toby, I'm looking forward to tomorrow. You'll be gone from Charleston. Forever. Yeah, I know. And my, uh, it's my last day in Charleston. So in honor of that, I just wanted to say, uh, how old are you, Joey? Uh, I'll be 39 in August. So and 39 years of showering and his feet still don't get wet. <laughs> He's that fat. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com. Shh.